The following is a Joel Mahalik production. On November 13th, Felix Unger was asked to remove himself from his place of residence. That request came from his wife. She asked him to leave because he wouldn't listen to the Joel Mahalik show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. I am Joel Mahalik, and alongside of me across the broadcast booth, the table, the desk, is the lovely Sharon. Hi, lovely Sharon. Hi. Happy one week after Halloween. Happy November. Happy November. Can you believe it's gone so quickly this year? Yeah. Well, it goes quickly every year, but anyway. The older you get. Merry Hallow Thankmas. Yes. Merry Hallow Thankmas. Yes. Um, so we got to talk about something and, um, it's, it's, it's not good and it's really, uh, I know this time is really crappy that I'm bringing it up on the show, but we do, we have, it's, it's a crisis and we have to face music on it. We have to talk about it and get it out of the way and air out some dirty laundry. We have a real problem. Okay. The absence of diet half and half at Wawa <gasps> is now in broad crisis mode. Wow, that's insane. It is torturous, to say the least. It is scurrilous, to use a word from, from your lawyer years ago. It is scurrilous behavior. Where are the people that manufacture the tea at? They have coronavirus. There's been no regular diet tea on the shelves for a week. At least, yeah. Yep, I know. I there's okay. So it's believe it or not. I know that that's a crisis for you, but believe it or not, if you go into the grocery stores or whatever stores, you'll see a lot of bare shelves. Yes, I know. Okay, and that's because all the ships are sitting in docks, mm-hmm. and they cannot get their stuff off the docks. Right, so, uh, but so, Wawa is our typical go-to in Booyah. the morning. Booyah. It's our typical go-to in the morning. And, and it's produced locally, I know. Right, it's, it's supposedly it's produced locally. Well, it better be. S- supposedly. Yeah, but they're from... Uh, but that's... So, they're not from Wawa PA, <laughs> like some people think. What do you mean? Like some people that's think the headquarters that... headquarters is. The headquarters is in Wawa, PA. Right. Yeah. No. Really? I I grew up in Pennsylvania, never heard of a Wawa, PA. Yeah, I have all my life. Really? Having grown up in PA. Yes. Well, we grew up down the street from each other and didn't even know it. Um. Anyway. Okay, so you know I got him. So anyway, that it's not it's not just that though. As of late, the quality has gone down as well to the point where I mean, I, I, it doesn't even benefit anyone to complain anymore. You know, uh, I've I've launched some complaints about the quality of food. They don't care. Uh, they don't answer anymore. Uh, maybe the people that answer complaints 
are out with COVID. I mean, the, this is actually the excuse we heard like two months ago from an employee there. Well, the people that produce the iced tea, they had a big COVID run through the warehouse. Okay, a big run through the warehouse. That is, uh, what, 14 days? Yeah, they're from media. That is where their headquarters is. In Wawa, PA. In media. Well, it's a media post office. But no, it, no, it's a it's media Wawa address. PA. It's no. Wawa, PA. Wawapa. Wawapa. No. Wawapa. No. See, again, I proved you wrong. Again. Anyway, so. It's between Glen Mills and Lenai. It is. Yes, it's it's a little tiny hamlet called Wawa in media. Oh my God, shut up. (laughs) You're so stupid. (laughs) So it's a crisis. Yes, you know. Of magnanimous proportions. I don't mean to belittle your crisis i really don't because i don't drink that tea however well, i don't drink it anymore either apparently apparently <laughs> right but i'm not jones in their tea i'm jones in their half and half you okay. got me hooked and i'm hooked bad baby i knew you are I think we need to the a, point where when they do have tea, diet tea, and I have to I take think it. We need it's horrible. A TA for you, <laughs> and that's not what you think it is. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I want to. Uh, I want to point out. I want to. Uh, I want to recognize a fan of the show real quick. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, I want to. I, I want to say hi to Scott from PA. Speaking of PA, yep. all this PA stuff in the beginning of the show. I know, right? So I want to say hi to Scott from PA. He's been listening for, I think, a little over a year. And uh, it's um, it's funny. He uh, It's also a colleague at work. And he emailed me on some cybersecurity stuff uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, I got back to him. I said, well, you know, can we? You know, here's, here's the basics. Can we get back to it later? You know, I'm been really busy so maybe i can call you next week or something and then he so he sends me a response back he's like yeah that's fine this will work for now we'll talk next week happy hello thank miss <laughs> so it's getting out there yeah it's getting out yeah. there we are creating a wave in society <gasps> for what i think would be the first time in my radio career that no it's not no well what else no name something else that has, behind the mic you yeah. had a lot of fans you had but to create none of them to create something that may may start carrying on you know like someone first time someone creates a word and all of a sudden it carries on carries on. i'm talking about something that i i feel like might carry on oh i get it i get it but i'm just saying you were implying that you in other aspects of your radio when career, I, yeah, when you did I had, not have fans. When I was doing behind the mic, I had seven fans, shush, five, five of which were on the show pie, every week. Shush your pie hole, man. <laughs> That's not true because we've talked to many people that have said, oh my God, I just listened to your show. and Or if you took a, a, you know, a little break, where's your show? Did you pay those people? How'd you figure that out? <laughs> anyway, so a shout out to Scott in PA. Thanks for listening. He listens actually to the previous week on Saturdays while he's alone in the office. Right. So um, I don't know if that's because we curse so sometimes or what, week, but anyway. Yeah, so next week we'll be hearing this. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. happy Saturday to you, Scott. Yes. Um, so, okay. That being said, uh, we have... 
an update on the Gabby Petito case. Not that we've been, we haven't been reporting on it, but no, it's amazing how Kate. Like, do you think the Chris Watts case started this whole thing where you have? No, it started long before this. Let me finish. finish. Started this whole thing where there's such a an explosion of internet sleuths. Let's say. Okay. Now, do you think that came from the Chris Watts case? It might have. Yeah, because. Yeah, but that was only three years ago. I mean, I see people I having discussions about serial others. killers over the years yeah. on the internet, but this is like, and maybe social media also lends out. There are people, oh, there definitely. are unknown people becoming popular because they just get on YouTube or they get on oh, Twitch yeah. or, or TikTok and they just tell you their side of the case. Yeah. Suddenly there's some sort of uh, independent, you know, investigator, you know, right. no, of get, sorts. And... Those investigators also turn in whatever evidence they've found, as we know, to the police or the FBI, whoever's in charge of the case. Well, that's good. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, like a TikToker in the Gabby Petito case mm-hmm. went to where Brian Laundrie's quote-unquote body was found. Not body. Well- excuse me. A couple bones, and that and and that's the update we were getting to. So okay, yeah, but make sure you talk about that. Oh, I will, I will. Right, but make sure you talk about that. Okay, I'm going to talk about that. If you stop interrupting me, I'm sorry, Lordy. Um, getting to the TikToker. You, you know what? I'm going to punch you in your eyeball. Sounds like and, a good time to take a drink. Yeah, right. Um, but <clears throat> you made me lose my train of thought. So the YouTuber, YouTuber, yeah, yes. And her mother videoed them at the reserve where he was found. And um, they found a water bottle. Now... Now, was it water or water? It was a water. (laughs) A water bottle. Okay? You just... Oh, my God. That's the first time in a very long time I've said water. (laughs) Found a water bottle. Um, and it was, it appeared to be the very same water bottle that was in a video that Gabby did inside her truck. So okay. it's the same exact one from the co-op that they were at a couple of days, you know. Or wherever they got it, but they got it out, you know, on their trip. Mm-hmm. And it was found in Florida, in the reserve. This is interesting. In the ground. It, it, it's interesting, like, again, how it's just launched internet sleuths. Oh, I know, right? Right. And so they took it to the, they didn't touch the bottle. She knew not to touch the bottle. And they um, took it to the police. The police passed it on to the FBI because the police felt that it was, you know, somewhat significant that uh, these you, these uh, TikTokers found them, and the police didn't. And it was near the area where he was found. So, and that could go both ways. True. Yeah. Ah, you found it, but the police didn't. How did you find it? The police didn't. Are you planting evidence? No, about you know what I mean. Right? <laughs> so no, no, no. It can go a lot you, of different ways these days. I get it. No, I get it. 
However, um, yeah. So getting back to Brian, okay. So they found some remains. They found some remains, but not the entire body. Now, why are you and other people skeptical that it's because not Brian they Laundry? Were bones. They were like a skeleton. It wasn't like partial, you know, um, skin or muscle or no. It was straight bones. Okay. Okay. So, um, which is almost impossible in four weeks. It takes a lot longer than four weeks for a body to decompose to the skeleton point. Okay. However, they were in Florida, so, and I'm no expert by any means. This is an assumption on my part. Okay. I'm glad and, you put that. Uh, and everybody else's part. That disclaimer in there. Yeah, no. I Yeah, no. Absolutely. The opinions of the host, you know. The, yeah, right. <laughs> should have put that at the header. Oh, my gosh, right. <clears throat> but um, so we think Brian's still alive, that the parents are covering up. There's a lot of things that they did that um, could mean that they go to jail, too. Yeah, well, it seems like a lot of people were uh, uh, accusing them of something right from the get-go. I mean, you know, I guess the parents were okay, acting so strange. Accusing them of something, I'm not saying. back from Moab to Florida. Moab. From Moab to Florida, he called his parents, okay, and told them what's going on and said, I'm on my way home. They then called the campground where they had reservations and added a person to the reservation before he even got home. To me, that doesn't make any sense. But maybe to some okay. of the listeners, it but does. It does because if they didn't know that he wasn't coming home, why would they add a person? I don't. I'm lost somewhere in the translation. They okay. They had a reservation for two. Who? The parents. Oh, okay. Had a reservation for two at this campground. He called them on his way home from Florida, you know, from Moab, and they immediately called the campground and added a person to the reservation before he even got home. Okay. They know what he did. All right, and they probably do, and that's probably why a lot of people were, uh, you know, being accusatory of the parents. Absolutely, know, more, and you know. harboring and abating and abetting and all that. All right, look, you know, we we won't get into. The we're all well terms. aware. We're all well aware. You've been watching so much court television. No, no, I'm just. <laughs> you're like the, you're like the people's lawyer that. now. It is. I am. I am the people's lawyer. I mean, you know. <laughs> That's all you watch anymore. Because that's what interests me. You watch this Dancing week. Fairies because that's what interests I don't watch you. Fairies. Yes, you do. Don't even lie to the people. <sighs> all right. So, so they found some remains, and uh, do the police think it's Brian Laundry? Oh, because they did a DNA okay comparison from the um, dental things. 
they and, s- they said that yes, it is definitely Brian Laundry. Okay, but, but I don't you, believe him. You and the internet sleuths don't think it's him because because it's Bones. I get that. No, but, because they could just go pick up any family out of a cemetery and or. Out of their backyard. Wait, that, we oh, don't know how that goes. That and that's starting to sound late. a bit far fetched. No, it. Why? What? Pick out somebody from the laundry family out of a plot and throw yes. their bones out there? Why not? Who would do that? Them. Okay. I wait. Wait a minute. Time out. Them. Time out. Your they honor. They would do it. May, no. I, may I approach the bench? No, <laughs> you may not. I, that just sounds far fetched. Look, we need to go to sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> No, for real, though. Um, No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Knowing the laundries the way I do, because you don't know the case. Wait a minute, the way you do? What, did you have dinner with them? (laughs) Shush, would you let me talk? Because I am the internet sleuth, as you say, and you are not. You don't know about this case, which is why it seems far-fetched to you and not everybody else that knows about the case. So, booyah. All I'm saying is, I mean, you know, it, prior to this, we would be watching something and be like, yeah, DNA did it again. You know what I mean? DNA has gotten people Most out of jail. DNA this, DNA that. But now they're absolutely. saying that they did a DNA analysis. You and other internet sleuths don't believe that that's accurate or true. Right, because a DNA gives the probability of it being someone. Okay? It doesn't say, this is definitely Brian Laundry. No, the DNA, if it matches the family, <clears throat> okay, that means that that person is a member of that family. It doesn't I mean get that. that it's Brian Laundry, exactly. All right, so remains of Brian Laundry have been found. Oh, yes, they have been quote unquote found. There's your update quote unquote <laughs> found. <laughs> From the internet sleuth here at the Joel Mahler Show featuring the lovely Sharon. <laughs> anyway, okay, so that's it's time the for me to go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have a little bit of fun. Yay! We're going to talk about some old-fashioned slang when we come oh, back. Yay! And also, um, we're going to talk about Michael Myers. So don't go anywhere. We're coming back with more right after this. What? This is New York Super Oldie Station, 920 WON, The Apple, Brooklyn, New York. The following conversation is real. It took place on Tuesday, June 8th of 2004 between a Blonde Star advisor and a subscriber. Blonde Star emergency. This is Steve. Is there an emergency in your vehicle? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've locked myself in my car, and the keys are on the outside. Ma'am. Oh, my God. Ma'am, I need you to calm down. Okay. It's, it's just that the windows are rolled up, and I'm starting to sweat. My keys are on the outside. Now, your keys are on the outside of the vehicle? Yes. Oh, my God. Now, does your car have automatic locks? or? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes. here's what I need you to do. Take hold of the inside of your door handle there. Are you doing this? Um. The shiny thing. Grab the shiny thing. uh, Okay, I've got it. I've got it. Okay, now give that a tug. Okay. Did it open? Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you. Okay, now what is that noise? Oh, that's not door alarm. Yeah, but that only happens if the keys are in the ignition, hun. Oh, my God. You know what? (laughs) 
Your keys are actually in your ignition. Yes. Okay. Oh my God! Thank you so much, Blonde Star. That's why we're here. Do you need anything? Else? Blonde Star. No, that's always good. on, because you're always blonde. Welcome back to the program, folks. This is the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's show 153, if you're counting. Because we, Can you believe that? Yeah. 153 shows. Yeah, because we took two. And that's, well, there's been more shows. But Absolutely, the, right. By numbers, it's 153. Because we have, like, the last two weeks we're out. So we, had yeah. a, so we had a rebroadcast packaging. Right. And then last week was Halloween. So we took off and, for the kids and we posted a special Halloween episode. Hopefully everybody heard and enjoyed the 1938 War of the Worlds radio broadcast that we heard last week. Yeah. So those special, the Christmas show doesn't count. So um, things like yeah. that. So yeah. 153 shows of you know you and i going back and forth right <clears throat> okay that's awesome <clears throat> excuse me certainly so if you're keeping track show 153 welcome back uh so we have a couple things we've got to squeeze into this segment uh the first one being that i you know this getpocket.com is a great resource to just get lost sometimes on the on the internet, and uh, so this came out of that. Other things that we talked about on this program have come out of GetPocket.com, and so that's a shameless plug to them. I get no money for that, but they published this article, which actually came from oh, I forget where it came from. Some, uh, but it's uh, fourteen. We're not going to go through the wall. Fourteen colonial era slang terms that you should work into modern conversations. Which I thought was really cool because I love the colonial era. Oh my God, so do I. It's one of my favorite timepieces of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, kedge. K-E-D-G-E. Kedge. And it means doing well. I think we can work that in. Yeah. So if you lived in a country town. How you doing? Uh, I'm kedge. Good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. It also sounds like a, like a skater boy type of term. Yeah. How you doing? Kedge, man. I'm kedge. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> So if someone were, if you ask someone how they're doing, they might have said, "I'm I'm pretty catch." Yeah, cool. I'm pretty doing well. All right, <laughs> you're pretty doing well. Um, cat's paw, which means to be duped or to be used as a tool. Okay, um, and let's say a cat's paw. Okay, so to be used for someone else's gain is to be made a cat's paw out of. Oh, okay. Anyway, that's not so one of my favorite. Like a Ponzi scheme would be. You've been made a cat's paw. You've been I've made been a fool made, of. I've been made a cat's paw. Yeah, I didn't like that one as much as chuffy, surly, or impolite. You're being chuffy. Don't be so chuffy, Sharon. I'm not so chuffy. You're being chuffy. I don't want to be chuffy. <laughs> uh, scranch, which meant crack something between your teeth. Ew. Stop scranching your chewing gum. Because I crack my gum. I know you do. I crack my gum. I crack my gum. And it drives Molly absolutely <laughs> insane. It does. Scares the poopy out of her. Fishy used to mean being drunk. What? Yeah. Yeah. Today, fishy means you stink. Right? <laughs> uh, oh, macaroni. This was one that I thought was really interesting. So macaroni meant fancy. So you remember Yankee Doodle? 
Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So when Yankee Doodle called the feather hat macaroni, he wasn't being a weirdo. Macaroni was a term used at that time to refer to a particular men's fashion from England that was intentionally flashy, over-the-top, and androgynous. Isn't that wow. crazy? Because I thought it was weird when I heard yeah, macaroni in the song. Yeah, but yeah. macaroni meant that he's... Fancy. He's fan- all like... Mr. Fancy Pants. Yeah. Oh, my God. Get out of my head. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Twistical, which meant unfair or immoral. What? You're being twistical right now. I can see that, though. That I can see. Adam's Ale. Take a guess what the Adam's Ale is. Adam's Ale. Think about that for a minute. Think about that in biblical terms. What would Adam's Ale mean? You're drunk? No. And when I tell you, you're going to be like, really? Two words for one word? It means water. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. If Ale, water. If you're feeling thirsty for water, try using a slang term that was popular on both sides of the pond. And for those of you millennials out there, the pond is the Atlantic Ocean. England, United States, that guy. Uh, to quote a 1792 American poem by Philip Fronio, in, in reason scale his actions weighed, his spirits want no foreign aid. Long life is his, in vigor passes, a spring that never grew stale, such virtue lies in Adam's ale. Water. Mm. Water. Water. A shaver was an adolescent young boy. Really? A yeah. shaver? If you were called a shaver, was to imply that you were young enough that they just started shaving. Uh. <laughs> Stop that shaver over there. Stealing that fruit. I can see that. And next month, we're inviting family to come to our house for a jollification, which is merrymaking or celebration. Right. Jollification. Jollification. So we'll see you at the jollification. <laughs> Um, I, I, I didn't even like them. <laughs> Where are we at now? Oh, they were the last one. Okay, they were the last ones. Circumbendibus. What? Yes. Mean Say it again. Circumbendibus. Circumbendibus. What is this? A spelling bee? I know, right? Can you use that in a sentence? <laughs> Circumbendibus. It, it means it, it meant roundabout. Of all the ways to describe something, I un- mean, oh my god, that makes sense. In all the ways to describe something unnecessarily roundabout, like something telling a rambling story, run, run, beating around the bush, or or, or telling yeah, a rambling yeah. story, or taking a weird road when driving somewhere. This word, which dates to 1681, might be the most delightful. It also shows how much we, um, how much we, who the hell wrote this? How much fun we had and still have with the language, combining prefixes and suffixes to make new words. This is how the sentence is typed. It also shows how much we fun we had. What? That's what I'm saying. Who wrote this article? <laughs> a little bit of proofreading goes a long way. Yeah, right. Circumbendibus. I can see that, though. If you think about it, circa means circle. Right. Okay. Bend. Bend over. Stop. Bend means, you know... You're doing bending. a shape of somebody's butt. No, I'm doing a circle, Tardo. She's got a nice bend circumbendibus. Oh, my God. People, I have to deal with him every single day. Every single Is this why we lose charades all the time? Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> but no, I'm saying circa, circle, right. bend, 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 bend around the circle. And then what's the bus for? 
Uh, is that to pick up everybody that's yes, now that has to now go around lost? The circle. Now lost from having right. to say this word, the bus picks them all up. Circumbendibus. Right. Right. Exactly. Circumbendibus. But I can see that beating around the bush. You, I will bet you one just dollar. Come straight out with it. I will bet you one dollar. This is the title of today's podcast. <gasps> Circumbendibus. You know why? You know that? Because you make it up. Yeah, because I make up the title of the show. Yes, I'm giving that's my what dollar. I, mean. I won the bet right off the cuff. No, that's an unfair bet. Two bucks. I won yesterday's bet about the painting, too. <laughs> okay, yes, you do. I do owe you a dollar for that, and you will anyway, get it. Anyway. Hold you, on. Let me go get it. You don't owe me a dollar, because I said you would tire and ask me to paint, and I just went and painted, so you don't owe me a dollar. I just did it for you. So you tried to... Circumbendibus you. You I went around cheating? about... <laughs> Is that what you're admitting on air? You are cheating? Anyway. Moving on. Moving on. So I could not wait to tell you about this. Okay. Tell okay. me. Squid Game, which is something you're just getting into. Yeah. Weird. A Squid Game inspired cryptocurrency that soared by 23 million percent. What? Now worthless after it was an apparent scam. Yes. Yes. Uh, in the Netflix hit series Squid Game, characters gamble with their lives. Uh, the price of playing a game in the real world may not be as steep as life. But for many people who piled their money into Squid, a once red-hot cryptocurrency named after the show, the financial loss has been significant. So we see like Bitcoin is like the main cryptocurrency. Yes, And yes. then you see all these other. Ethereum is probably a pretty decent one. But then you see these ones like Dogecoin. And some of these other cryptocurrencies that just come out of somewhere and they are, they don't perform well or they perform or a well. Scam and or, right. This one turned out to be a scam. So early Monday morning, the value of a squid coin collapsed from a high of just over $2,860 per coin to effectively zero. As cryptocurrency traders watch the token's unknown creators clean out some $3.3 million in funds, and take off. It's called a rug pull in cryptocurrency circles. It occurs when a token's creators abandon the project by exchanging many virtual coins for real-world cash, then quickly drain the liquidity from the product, effectively driving the coin's value to zero and leaving all the investors holding the bag in the apparent scam. What? So we recently... The fact that, um, that Squid Game could generate that kind of um scam i mean i just don't under i guess i because i'm not a scammer i don't understand how you can go from a japanese so-called game okay to having people invest in a real world currency right well it just doesn't make sense to me why would you do that well as a technology professional i can tell you this scammers will find and utilize any excuse at all oh no i get it to scam anybody i understand out of anything they have right i'm scamming you right now that's the name of the game I am scamming you right now. For 25 years, it's taken me that long. So we recently invested in Bitcoin and not 
like we didn't buy a Bitcoin because right now it's like $62,000 a coin. But, yeah. we, so, but we invested a, like a few bucks into it and we're going to try to do this every week. But Bitcoin, if you're going to invest in a cryptocurrency, just stick with Bitcoin. Right. Two and a half weeks ago, Bitcoin was $32,000 a coin. It's now $62,000 a coin. I know. Okay. So yes, it has its up and downs, but it's consistent. And it is the number one digital currency that is actually in use and circulating. So it's more real than things like Dogecoin or this apparent squid. People just latch on to it, you know? And a lot of the investors were probably fans of the show. Gotcha. That's See, how the scam. That, that's how the scam works. Oh, you're a fan of the show. You got to buy into this coin. Oh my no, god, no, a squid I get coin. It. I get it. I totally get it. Fan of the show. You're like, oh my god, right? I get that. What I'm said. What I was saying was, I just don't understand how a scammer goes from a show to real life, taking money from people. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's very much the same as um very much the same as um that you get an email from UPS, quote unquote, saying that you know, click here to see your tracking information because and especially during this period of the year. Oh yeah. A yeah, lot yeah. of people expecting packages and they're yeah. counting on somebody going, Oh, you know what? I am expecting that package from UPS and they click on it and boom, you're hacked and you know. Right. It's the equivalent, just on a, you know, a different scale, but it's the same scam. I got gotcha. you. So, all right. So, in the preservation of time, two things to talk about, one of which is the Wombat of the Week, and we'll start off with something that could be the Wombat of the Week, but it's not, and so I'm sorry I have to change my focus here and turn this oh, way. Oh, you're good, baby. So, the first thing we want to talk about is um, Michael Myers. And uh, later on in the show, if you come back, I'm actually going to, without spoilers, I'm going to talk about the new Halloween movie um, in the third segment. So come back for that. Uh, But we have to talk about this because, um, you know, it just continues to amaze us, the things that people get triggered and upset by these days. Oh, it's amazing. So apparently... By amazing, I mean horrific. So, spoiler alert, not that I'm spoiling it because they already did, but during the movie, among all the people that Michael Myers kills in the new Halloween movie are two gay men. Okay. And so, there were some tweets that came out that were probably jokes about, is Michael Myers homophobic because he killed two gay men? But then, you know, like the the LGBTQ community takes that farther and then they got people complaining left and right and making some big case out of Michael Myers being homophobic. In fact, the the LGBTQ publication Gamer also posted an op-ed squatching claims that the notorious villain is homophobic, noting that the way he handles the death of the gay couple in the latest film feels no different about how he butchers anyone else. And I applaud them for saying that and trying to calm people down. I know, Because that is true. You can be Asian, black, white, yellow. You can be from Mars. If you come across Michael Myers in these films, as ridiculous as they've become, you're dead. (laughs) You're dead. Right? You know, it just just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're gay or not. You know, it's like people have got to calm down and stop being triggered. You know, it's bad enough they get triggered by history. Stop being triggered by fiction. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. So these people that made these claims, you know, um, you know, make these floodgates of criticisms about the claim of whether or not he, as a fictional murderer, is homophobic, is absurd to the point of absurdity to its highest degree. Yeah. And you, you said 
two words right there. Did I? I thought I, that, I thought I said more, but okay. Yes, you said two <laughs> words right there that just triggered rage in me. You just, uh, see, I just triggered you. Yes. Fictional character. These people are getting upset over a fictional character. Come yeah. on. Yeah. He's not real, people. Right. You know, it's and and you know it's very chuffy of them to make those claims. I knew, right? <laughs> ah, See, you were able to do it. Yay! Uh, you'll have to rewind the show if you forgot what chuffy means. But anyway, <laughs> that's that. Okay. Oh my God, time is running out. But let's get to the one by the week. If you want to participate in the one by the week, you can do so by sending us an email with a link to a verifiable news story of stupid people doing stupid things. You can send it to us in our email address. Joel Mahalik Radio at gmail.com. You can also send it across Facebook at JM Talk. So, anyway, this week it's a story that actually someone sent to us, and it comes from, uh, look at that, my birthday, 2016. Oh, jeez. When I was a wee lad. At 2016. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. so. A Florida man was arrested and charged with assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill after he allegedly threw an alligator through a fast food chain's drive through window in October of wow. 2016. Uh, Joshua James, 24 years old, threw a three-and-a-half-foot alligator through a Palm Beach County Wendy's drive through according to the Florida Fish, Wildlife, and Conservation officials. He was also charged with illegally possessing an alligator and petty theft. It's reported that he drove his pickup truck to the window at about 1.20 a.m. And um, when an employee handed him his drink, he tossed the alligator through the window and sped off. Like, what is your intention crime? I know, right? Thanks for the drink. Have an alligator on me. I mean, what's the what's the? I know, right? That's, and he's charged it's with insane. Well, he's charged with what they say attempted murder, right? Uh, oh, assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah, without the intent to commit murder, <laughs> is what it said. Is, is what you said it said. This whole story is hilarious. <laughs> I know, right? It's like so stupid. What is wrong with people in Florida? It's got to be the water, right? Or the crocodiles. I don't know. Or, like, or the water. Because they do eat them, too. <laughs> they do eat them. All right. So maybe the crocodile meat is making them vicious. Maybe. Well, he's the wombat of the week. And yes, uh, yes. I'm sorry. We, you know, we're having so much fun this week. Or we just run out of time. So real quickly, you guys say goodbye because you're leaving. Goodbye. All right. There's Sharon out the door. And uh, I'll be back after this with some movie reviews. So stay in your chair. I'm coming right back after this. If you're worried your friend may be struggling, remember, you don't have to be there to be there. You can say how while you will get a fake tattoo. You can ask with an app if it works for you. You could chat on the game, kick off your flip flops. You can ask on your couch while you binge watch. Whatever, whatever, Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Learn how you can help at seizetheawkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. Broadcasting from a crummy little studio in Baltimore, Maryland. This is Reality One Radio. You see why we need your donations? Hello, 
and welcome back to the show. It's the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. And the lovely Sharon has taken her leave of the show, leaving you and me here on the program. So being that it is a week after Halloween, <laughs> 2021, just in case you are keeping track. Uh, anyway, so uh, in in the course of the week, I was able to get in a little entertainment for myself, if you, if you will, and watched a couple of horror movies. And uh, which I don't get a lot of free time to uh, be able to do that. And I love the genre. And so I checked out a couple of horror movies and I wanted to talk about them, kind of like my review. Not that I'm like a professional reviewer, but that's okay. Because over the years, I have found that I take side more with my peers and their reviews than I do with people who are paid to review movies. And I don't know what that is. That could just be a, it could just be a thing. It could be a coinky dink, you know, a coincidence. Uh, that might be what it is. I'm not sure how else to explain it, except for the fact that I feel like I side more with peers. Just other people who love the genre watching films from the genre. And it's not just the horror genre. I find myself uh, believing more in a peer review for any film title. More so than a paid reviewer. But anyway, so um, I'm just going to talk about them. You can call them a review. I mean, afterwards, if you, if you want to pass the podcast around and say, Hey, Joel Mahalik reviewed Halloween Kills. Do that. Share it. If that's how you want to, I'm just going to talk about it and give you my opinion and I'm going to try not to spoil. I'm going to do my best and I probably will do very well in not ruining either of the two movies I want to talk about right now with any type of spoilers, which is weird because sometimes it doesn't matter with a movie, with a movie, whether you spoil it or not. Sometimes I'll be discussing a movie with friends at work and I'll say, well, let me tell you, and this really isn't a spoiler, I'm going to say, because the movie sucked. You know what I mean? So <laughs> sometimes I'll say that because I want to talk about this one particular piece of the movie. And so I'll say, this isn't going to spoil it because it was a piece of crap anyway. So, but I'll do my best not to do any spoilers. Anyway, let's talk about the first one. And I didn't bring anything to drink back with me for this segment of the show. So it's going to get dry. I might get raspy. I may start talking like this. Who knows? Which is a horror in itself. Okay, so the first uh, the first one that I was duped over uh, is The Ascent. And uh, I it was recommended to me. I watched the trailer. The trailer was amazing. But see, that's another thing you learn as somebody who really enjoys movies. You learn very quickly that a trailer is so deceiving. You know what I mean? It's so deceitful. Did you know, in fact, that sometimes somebody who has nothing to do with the movie is the person who produces a trailer? Yeah, absolutely. So they just take these clips and sometimes I doubt whether they saw the movie. They probably handed some clips. 
and say, make, make a trailer. <laughs> I think that's the way it goes because trailers are so deceitful. And this trailer looked really good. And yes, I'm a sucker of sorts for the horror genre and for exorcism movies. Uh-oh. Is that a spoiler alert? I don't know. So uh, I watched this. In fact, embarrassingly, I gathered a family around the living room to watch this. <laughs> it really was a terrible film. Terrible film. And let me tell you why. I had a suspicion in the first 20 minutes to half hour that the writing was not very well done. And then as the movie went on from there, I realized positively 116% that the writing sucked. The writing for this movie was terrible. Terrible. In fact, so was most of the acting. Um, the movie, the movie, uh, starred, uh, Robert Kaczynski and he played the father of a boy. Okay. He played a father of a boy who, uh, suspected that his, that, that his son may be possessed. And of course, reinforced by, uh, talking to a priest who had, was recently released from jail for being responsible for, you know, for the death of a young boy during an exorcism. Of course, I'm not going to get into the whole exorcism, exorcism thing. I was going to say, you know, uh, typically the priest is not responsible, but somebody has to be held responsible, right? But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. We're not doing religion today <laughs> or next week or the week before that. <laughs> so he suspects that his youngest son may be possessed, and then he calls in the to get the assistance of a team led by uh, uh, Father Lambert, played by Peter Jackson, who was recently released from jail, serving three years for the uh, for the responsibility of a young boy dying during an exorcism. And so I had to say the best act, and I don't know Robert Kaczynski, you know, from my left arm. And so, but I I feel like he did the best acting in the movie. Again, poor writing. Even his part of the script, poor writing. But I felt like he was the best actor in the film. So, again, recommend it to me. Not like, oh, you got to watch this. This is great. Just recommend it. I feel like based off the trailer, I watched the trailer. I was mesmerized by the trailer. And then I watched this and I was so disappointed. Not only did it turn out that it was poor acting, Poor script, but then uh, I I really didn't get it. And I know I know that the lovely Sharon says that I lack common sense, but this movie did not put it together right. It, I had we had some discussion after the movie to come to a synopsis of what probably happened, but we we're still left a little questionable. So the film was very very untidy, and you know I've seen. Uh, short horror films and if you've been listening to my program for any sort of time then you know I have a full appreciation for the short horror film genre on YouTube and Twitch and all these outlets Reddit that show these short horror films two three four ten minutes amazing films amazing films you would think 
that when you get a bigger budget and all this, that it's it, it should be grander over a short hobby film, basically. And I think some of the people that shoot these two and three minute horror films should get the funding to shoot longer horror movies. I think we'd have a better genre because the, the genre really is sort of, in my opinion, tanking a little bit. Uh, you know, where's the originality? It's gone. So this film, and I think, you know, um, now that I, I've investigated it more afterwards, I find things like the audience score was 7%. It does not even rate at Rotten Tomatoes. It has no rating at all. Not even a 1 out of 10 at Rotten Tomatoes. It's simply blank rated. Nothing. And it it, it goes to show because, uh, you know, one critic, Kat Hughes from THN, I think said it properly when she said, a dull and uninspiring retread of the tired exorcism story. And that's the thing, right? So exorcism stories are not even original. And so did anybody make a good exorcism movie after The Exorcist? Quite possibly The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Other than that, they all seem to be sort of like basement dwellers, you know, in my opinion. But anyway, so that's The Ascent. And, uh, you know, I, I would say, unfortunately, I would say to you, don't waste your time on this film. So try not to give you any spoilers. I didn't, I, I didn't give you any spoilers. You know, I think there was one jump scare that really got us in that movie. And I know jump scares are part of it. Like, we actually were thinking in the first 15, 20 minutes, well, this is probably going to be a psychological horror, and that's okay. But it just turned out to be garbage. Pure garbage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the producers of the film. Garbage. Okay, so after watching that disappointing horror movie, right? I wanted to see some good horror. I needed an uplift. I needed something to pick me up from the ashes of that garbage and make me feel better about the genre. So, um, did I get that? No, because I figured, let's watch Halloween Kills, the new Halloween. (laughs) And I'm sorry, I just wasn't impressed. I was not impressed. And I know this is what I heard about it, okay? Again, from peers, from people at work, from people I know, from people online. Half of the people say it was pretty good. Half of the people say it sucked. I'm sorry. I'm on the side of the people that say it sucked. As a fan, as a major fan of the original Halloween franchise, and as a guy who would tell you that Rob Zombie did a half-decent job on the reboot of Halloween. Okay? The first one, anyway. So... Anyway, as far as Halloween Kills goes, you know, it's the uh, 12th installment of the Halloween franchise. And uh, you're not going to believe who it stars. Jamie Lee Curtis reprising her role as Laurie Strode. Uh, So she's back again. And this one really picks up. If you saw um, the the previous film, excuse me, I'm sorry. I told you I'm down here without a drink. (sighs) Okay, so... It's a direct sequel to 2018's Halloween. And so if you saw that, it's a direct continuation too. <clears throat> and then it, it flashes back a little bit, you know, re- and it introduces a new element that I didn't see in the original. But that's okay. I, I'm, I'm okay with that, you know, because that helps create an arc. So the story has somewhere to go, right? And uh, so you go back and you combine a little bit of old footage with some new actors playing old roles or whatever. 
and uh, and and you introduce some story arc there. So you have somewhere to go with this film. I get it. I get it. And that's okay. I like stuff like that. I like that. So it picks up directly where that uh, comes in. And basically, you know, uh, this time, and I'm thinking, this is, this is one of the reasons. I mean, when I read the description, I'm like, wait a minute. So everyone's going to get together and they're going to mob kill this guy. Finally, because we're in the 12th installment and, you know, it's... It's getting a little tiresome how he seem seemingly cannot be killed. Even a demon can be killed at the end of a movie. But Michael Myers has been shot, decapitated, blown up, gassed, lit on fire, uh, shot, shot, shot again, shot again, shot again, shot again. Oh, he was shot again, and then he was shot. And he continues to come back. So... The idea behind this story arc of a mob gets together and they're they want it, they're going to end his reign, you know, in in some respects, it, that could be a good story arc. And so, part of the story arc was bringing back uh, some of the old um, not not actors actresses, but you know, uh, bringing back some of the characters from the original one. And they're older, and not. I'm not saying it's the actors that played them, but so, and they're part of the mob. So, you, you, I did get that feeling of, oh wow, look, they got him back older. They have her back older now, you know. And they're going, they're going to be part of this mob, and and that was really great. But that's, it didn't really pan out, you know. It really didn't pan out. In fact, the way I left 2018's Halloween, when I left that movie, when I left it, I watched it at home. When that movie was over, I had an idea of what they were going to do, and I thought, okay, it's going to continue on, but they're going to go this direction. I'll be, I'm going to be honest with you, and if you didn't see Halloween 2018, hopefully this isn't a spoiler, I really thought that Laurie Strode's granddaughter was going to become the new slasher, because once again, they caged him and burned him alive, but guess what? He wasn't dead. He rose from the fire and killed more people. And so it was sort of the same old thing. Again, I thought the script writing was a little terrible. I thought um, Jamie Lee Curtis, I think she's a great actress. I think whoever wrote this script, uh, you know, kind of took that steam away from her. I don't think that even her part of the movie was written very well. Um, I was really surprised at the lackluster of this film, being that Jason Bloom was involved, John Carpenter was involved. I mean, I really felt, you know, um, not very good. Yeah, I saw one of the producers, and I hope this wasn't the same person I saw was Danny McBride, and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, please tell me. Danny McBride had nothing to do with this movie. Danny McBride being one of the worst actors I've ever seen on film. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> so 
I don't want to give anything away about the movie. I think you need to see it for yourself. You know, obviously they made a decent amount of money on it because of the the, the name. I mean, the name and the premise and the fan base. There is an incredible fan base for the Halloween series. And I wonder, maybe I'm just nostalgic all the time. I mean, I know I'm nostalgic a lot, but maybe I'm nostalgic for that. But, you know, I'll watch 1978's Halloween all day long. All day long, you know. And then, you know, Halloween 2, okay, that was that, that was a pretty decent movie. Halloween 3, I haven't even watched yet. I mean, I was 10 minutes into it as a kid, and I went, what in the hell is going on here? I never made it. I've been told, uh, I've been told by my good friend Ken Sledge at Sledgehammer Harbor, I should go back and look at it. It's completely independent of the films, which I got that in the first 10 minutes. But he said it's still in its own right, a decent film. So Ken, if you're listening, I've not gotten back to that yet, but I will. At some point, I will. But I'm nostalgic for the old ones. And then, you know, like, you know, even the one where they went back, where the Ghost Hunters went back, or or I forget the reality TV, they were going back. You know what? That's how much... That's how much I remember of some of the ones that were just very done very poorly. Like, I know there was a reality TV team that went back to the Michael Myers house. Even that one had a little bit of substance. But part of me says it might be time to kill Michael Myers. If we kill Michael Myers, you know, only one of two things will happen. They'll find a way to bring him back because they even brought Jason back from sure death. Jason Voorhees, that is. Or Hollywood might get find something else original. But anyway, worth a watch because we're Halloween fans, right? We're fans of the franchise, so it's worth a watch. And that's about all I can say about that. You know, it got 5 out of 10, basically, on the review sites. And, you know, I feel like that's okay. I feel like it probably could have gone 4.5, 4.3 out of 10. Um, I just think that, you know, when you see Jason Blum and John Carpenter attached to a Halloween title, you, your, your expectations should be more, but they weren't anyway. So I, that's how I want to spend my time with you. I hope you enjoyed. I just want to talk about a couple of horror movies, you know, and again, call them reviews if you want. In fact, I want you to call them reviews and I want you to share them with everybody, you know, and say, Hey, listen to this wombat on the air. He has no idea what he's talking about, but whatever, right? Whatever sells, I'll take it. (laughs) Anyway, I do appreciate you listening to the show. This does bring us straight up to the end of the program for this week. It is the Joel Mahalik show featuring the lovely Sharon. And on behalf of both of them, even though I are one of them, I want to thank you for listening and remind you to visit us at www.jmtalk.net on the World Wide Web and also on social media, TikTok and Facebook at JM Talk, Instagram and Twitter at JM Talk Radio. Also, send us an email if you wish. Write to us. We love pen pals. Joel Radio at gmail.com. Until next time, folks, enjoy yourselves. Be good to one another, and we'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.